Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, April 24, 2019. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And of course, I hope you make some calls. I hope you have some questions. I'm, this is all about you driving the show the direction you want to go. So it's up to you. Love to hear from you. Any financial questions, welcome to, welcome to I welcome them all. So we're past our holidays. The market is doing pretty well. What do you think? What do you think it's going from here? We're going to talk about that a bit today. You know, this show is all about financial freedom for us and you and me. You know, we all are working toward that financial freedom goal, and that's what this show tries to achieve, to help you make more money, help you to, you know, to, to grow the money that you've earned and not try, not lose it. That's pretty important, too, not just to grow it, but not to lose it as well. So today, on this hour, I'm going to do my best to move that little philosophy along, to get you to that financial freedom. It's super important for all of us. It really is. Remember, you're going to live a lot longer than you think, and your money's going to have to last longer than you might expect. So you don't want to run out. 888-99-CHARTER is my number, 888-992-4278. Main talking point today, 45 Amazon analysts are bullish on the stock. So how many analysts are following Amazon? How many analysts are actually following Amazon? 45. And all 45 are bullish. We're going to talk about that. Do you think that's good news, bad news? What do you think? How many stocks should you own? What is the proper number for you to beat the S&P 500? How many different stocks? Because if you add, you know, if you have hundreds of them, you, you all act more and more and more like the S&P 500, right? So you might as well buy the index. If you have too few, then you're taking huge risks. So how many stocks is the optimal number? I want to talk about that. Analysts, analysts are warning about a, the fresh new high we had on Tuesday. Why would they be warning us about a fresh new high? And we never did get to, I wanted to talk about China and their GDP number for the most recent quarter and what they're doing about it, how they got there. I would really like to discuss that if we can before the end of the day. Hopefully I can get to all of this. But of course, your calls always come first. Always. What happened to the market today? The Dow was down 59, the Nasdaq was down 6, and the S&P down 19. You know, after making the close to or at all intraday new highs yesterday for the various indexes. Some didn't, some did. So, you know, today now, as I said, we're prob- this is really strong resistance areas where we are achieving. And why have we been able to move this up to this point? There's lots of speculation out there as to why, but probably earnings have been pretty good. We're going to get to that too, I think. So, if there are, what, there's some news out today. We had a bunch of news out. We get a bunch of news out every day, right? 
Um, here's a question for you. Is the earnings that were, the market is spiking a little bit, right? And it might be due to earnings, corporate earnings. But did you know there's a lot of smart money on the side? Not all the money is in the market. Smart money investors are on the side, on the sidelines. Why? There's a lot of, will that push the market higher or will they drag it down? What are they doing? We're going to talk about the smart money today if I can. And of course, industrials, excluding Boeing, you know, Boeing's problems, they have contributed, industrials contributed a great deal to the current rally, industrial companies. And the economy continues to be pretty strong. So that's driving, you know, driving the market. I mean, so what else is, you know, can we continue to go higher? And remember, we're ending April and going into May. You've heard me say that. There's that old saying, go away in May. And April tends to be pretty good. Will that be true this year? Wasn't last year. Market kept going up until, what, September. Then started to fall. And usually, that's when the market starts to start to get better in late of the year. So, it's, you never can predict it. You can use statistics to tell you where it might be going. But, you know, statistics, you know, there's always the other side of the statistics. You know, they don't always come true. Some news out today. Did you see that U.S. authorities have charged an American engineer and Chinese businessman with economic espionage? Conspiring to steal sophisticated turbine aircraft engine designs from GE? Benefit the government of China? Mm-hmm. The 14-count indictment unsealed yesterday alleged conspirators working to steal millions of dollars worth of General Electric's trade secrets. China has obviously uh, China has obviously identified aerospace technologies vital to their economic and military objectives, mostly military objectives. So it's a, a textbook example of the Chinese government strategy to steal from American companies. You know the intellectual property. They've been doing it for years. Remember, you have to be partner with a Chinese company to be to, to open up a factory in China. And you, if to do that, you have to give your secrets to the Chinese partner. Where do you think that ends up? Satellite Radio, Radio Series XM had a big disappointment. In their earnings dropped the comp, dropped the stock. And investors are not happy. So. What's going to happen with them? You know, they got a lot of competition. You know, maybe that's going to be a problem. Disney stock was trading at $134. But but there's a Disney error, error you know, to inheriting Disney stock is unhappy with the company because they were, she says, or he says, I don't know if it's a woman or a man, CEO Bob Iger gets about $65 million a year and says that's too much. Mind you, ever since he's been there, the company stock went from twenty-four to one hundred thirty-two dollars. They, you know, they did rising to seventy-five billion in sales last month. All you know, I mean, come on, what is too much? I don't know. I see. I don't know. My personally, I don't know. But you know, he's done a really good job. I know other CEOs that make a ton of money that's done lousy for their companies. At least he's done a good job. And they got, you know, Disney's got some big hits coming out this summer. Toy Story 4, Aladdin, Avengers Endgame. Did you hear that Avengers Endgame like three hours long? Is that true? Three hours. Wow. And one more item. Samsung phone shipments are down 8% globally over the past year. 
The company has had to postpone the launch of their revolutionary foldable phone. It has a bunch of technical problems. Is that good news for Apple? Might be. And as you can see, there's always lots of interesting market news. I think they're interesting anyways. But first, let's go. Let, we got we got to talk to you guys. Got any question, anytime, our number is 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Sam in Nashville. I had a sort of a novice question for you. When you refer to something as a secular play or a secular stock or a secular strategy, what do you mean by that? And what would be an example of its opposite? What would you call the opposite of a secular play? And that's really it. I'm just interested to know. Thanks a lot. Okay, that's a good question. Cyclical and secular in, in, in stock market parlance. There's two, those are two different things. Cyclical and secular. Whenever you hear the word secular, it's very long term. When you hear the word cyclical, it's short, shorter term. Could be a year, could be a month. So, you know, stock market goes in cycles during a year. Right? I told you the last quarter, the first quarter of the year is usually up. The middle quarters are usually down. And, you know, Mike, that's the stock market cycle in a year. The stock market also has a secular cycle, which means this market is bullish 9 to, eight, nine to 18 years. That's the range. <laughs> and bearish about the same. So that's secular. So always think when you hear the word secular, very long term. So if we say, oh, this would be a really good secular stock, that means we think it's going to be good for years. Years. Or if we think that, well, the market, this stock is in a, in a, in a cycle, a short-term cycle uh, that seems to uh, go from point A to point B, then back to point A and back to point B. That's a, a cycle. Okay. Generally, that's what that means. Too bad there's not official definitions for some of this stuff, because there's not. hate to tell you that, but there isn't. Okay, good question, though. I really like the question. Thank you. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and its podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with our unbiased commentary. And we have a fairly new offering, Invest Talk Academy. It's a class every week. It's an online training class covering a wide variety of financial and investment subjects. It's usually in-depth. You can learn more on InvestTalkAcademy.com. That's where you go, InvestTalkAcademy.com. We're headed into the break, and I'm taking your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and we are powering through April. There are just a few trading days remaining in the month, and now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Well, Steve Peasley is here now taking your calls live. So step up with your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Chris in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris? I'm, I'm good, Steve. How you doing? Good. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Oh, um, I just have a question about uh, Bristol Myers, um, mm -hmm. ticker symbol BMY. What do you think of that pharmaceutical? I think it's a pharmaceutical company. What do you think about it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a big blue chip kind of company, almost $73 billion. They have very strong earnings, very consistent earnings over long periods of time. Uh, they've recently been hit 
we've gone they've gone last year right in October was their high it's about 61 62 and then they peaked again they went to the bottom in December just like everybody else and then it peaked again to 52 the bottom was around 44 and here they are back to that number $44.62 so the stock doesn't look very good the pattern is the chart pattern is down the fundamentals of the company are pretty solid I mean their earnings are going to come out tomorrow you know that right Chris Earnings for BM BMY for everybody else BMY Bristol Myers Squibb uh, Squibb uh, BMI is the symbol. They're going to have earnings of you know for this year four dollars and eighteen cents. That's about five percent up from last year and another five or six percent up next year. Sales are around eight to ten percent growth every quarter. You know, in recent quarters, so it's it's a good solid company. It's a matter of buying it at the right price, and this looks pretty cheap. Yeah, it looks pretty cheap. cheap right now but yeah i mean we're talking about a 44 dollar stock gonna make four dollars and 42 cents that's a 10 pe and the five-year range is 11 to 35 so it's below it's five it's gonna make a new low on the pe range and the yield is 3.7 percent i mean oh it's, it's gonna recover it just might take some time but it's you know it's a big blue chip company that's not going anywhere um, so I kind of I kind of like it in these prices. I might wait till I see some strength come into the stock, but I like it at these prices. Okay, Chris. Ah, okay. And, and that dividend yield is pretty solid, three point six. Yeah, yield. they've never reduced uh, from the notes I have here. I see on my screen they've never reduced their dividend in many, many, many years. It's always gone up, and they still have you know it's still a pretty strong company. Appreciate the call. Thanks. BMY, everybody. Bristol Myers, Bristol Myers Squibb Company. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I've got a save the date reminder. I will be in San Jose. That's on May 1st. And that's just one week from today, by the way. Yes, one week. If you live anywhere in Northern California, I encourage you to make plans to sit down with me for a no cost, no obligation portfolio review consultation. And I'll look at your portfolio, give you some suggestions, depending on your, you know, where you are in your life, your financial life. That's Wednesday, May 1st. Space is limited. I'm running out of ten slots there. Uh, one or two opens left. And if you are complete, and, and if you, if, if we are completely filled up, you know, you still can be first in line for the net, the June trip. So don't, don't hesitate not to call. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888 99 Chart. 888-992-4278. So all 45 Amazon analysts, for, and there's all 45, there's only 45 following Amazon, which is a lot, by the way. 40. So don't think it's not. It is. But there's 45 of them, and all of them are bullish. 100% bullish. No no opposing opinion on that. There, you know, that That's an issue. When, and all, when they're all bullish, there's this old Wall Street adage. If everyone is leaning in one direction, you'd be better served to lean in the opposite direction. 
Now, should you be that way? That's a, a famed economist, John Maynard Keynes, supposedly explained that the central principle of investment is to go against the general opinion because if everyone is bullish, that investment is available and inevitably expensive and therefore unattractive. So is Amazon expensive? Heck yes. Very expensive. So is that attractive? Not from a value point of view, it's not. The company is very attractive, very strong fundamentals. Should you be buying it at these levels? I mean, it's at $934 billion, almost a trillion-dollar company. The stock price is, is $19.01 and 75, $1901 a share. $1901 a share. The, the P.E. ratio, uh, it, if you're looking at this year's earnings, about 96. Going forward, the company's growing those earnings 30 to 40%. Well, you should be bullish when a company is that big, growing that fast, and it's earning. Sales are growing 20%, 25%. But at some point, like all growth stocks, let me just tell you, all growth stocks ceased to be growth stocks at some point. All of them, 100%. And don't think big companies don't go out of business. In 19, gosh, what was it? Early 1900s, the Dow came up came up with a list of the 100 largest companies in the United States. 61 of those 100, 100 largest companies out of business by 1980. 61%. That's quite a bit. So at some point, the largest companies today, 20, 50 years from now, will not be the same. So when do they stop growing and Start turning down, you know, that's really the question. Amazon's still on a great run. I'm not, not trying to be bearish on Amazon because I'm not. But don't, don't just think it's going to just keep going up forever. That does not happen. It's never happened in the history of the stock market. Never. But, and it is a worry that so many people are bullish on it. That is a worry to me. I think that's very worrisome. I think you should worry about it too. So if you're thinking about buying Amazon, I want you to wait. I'd rather have you wait till the next recession. Because I think it'd be a lot cheaper. Now, problem with that, what if it goes up another 20, 30, 40%, then a recession hits and only goes down 20, 30, 40%, and it'd be right where it is today. That could easily happen. I don't have a crystal ball. No one has a crystal ball. Okay, um, I think we can squeeze in another call here, another caller that came in. You know, our, our anytime listener line number is 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin and Steve, this is Raul Santos from Flower Mound, uh, calling with regards to Bayer, B-A-Y-R-Y. I've been following this stock for a while. It has dipped down quite a bit, down to its 52-week low. Uh, forward P looks good at 9.2, and I was wondering what you guys thought about this. The dividend yield is at 4.56 which, again, is at the top of their range. So I know they've had a lot of lawsuits. The other question I was asking about it is I was trying to buy it on Vanguard, uh, and it says it's an over-the-counter stock, I can't, or a penny stock, I guess. So I'm trying to figure out why this is classified that way. But if you could give me your opinion on those two things and uh, see if I could buy it later. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. It's not a penny stock. 
because that you know it's sixteen dollars ninety cents a share. It's not a penny stock, but it is over the counter. It's not traded on the New York Stock Exchange. It's not traded on the Nasdaq Stock Exchange. It's traded on over the counter. It's because it's a German company. It's not an American company, and it hasn't filed for an ADR, American Depository Receipt stock. Uh, well, it may have. I, I'm not sure about that. But it's not uh, traded on any of the exchanges. It hasn't applied to be traded on the exchanges. Uh, it is a $58 billion, $59 billion company. It's huge. Um, so it is, you know, a big, big company. Um, its sales are growing 20% a quarter, last two quarters. That was pretty good. It's interesting, though. Sales are growing, but earnings went down. I mean, earnings went from 45 cents to 35 cents to 31 cents, while sales grew 11%, 21%, and 23%. So there's a disconnect. Sales are growing, earnings going down. Why? Obviously, expenses gone up. Where? Earnings are going up 14%, 12%. So sales are going up, earnings are going up, but something's something's not right here. And that's probably why the stock fell. But this whole sector has been hit, right? This whole uh, drug sector. We just talked about another one just prior to this one. So the sector is in trouble, and that's that's an issue. But the value is there. And we're talking about you know 10 PE values there. That's for sure. Tomorrow, Invest Talk sparked by threats of a single-payer health system and proposals to tighten drug pricing. Uh huh. Why all the drug companies are being hit. Healthcare stocks are lagging the broader market. So blame it on Medicare for all. That big push. I think that's true. That's tomorrow, 888 chart. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Invest Talk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking with shared success. This is InvestTalk, the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Tarek in Boston. How you doing, Tarek? Hey, Steve, thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I had a question about uh, 40 net ticker symbol FDNT. I recently took a position with it as a swing trade, planning to hold on to it for possibly a couple of months, and I was wondering what your general thoughts were about the stock. 
Well, it is expensive, so um, a swing trade will probably be a better than trying to buy it and hold it for the long term at this price, because I do think it probably will give back some of its recent gains. It's at $92.26. It's Fortnite, everybody. Symbol is FTNT. Develops unified threat management systems to provide security and networking functions, which is a really great area to be in, and that's why it's expensive. It's growing 20 21, 22% in sales per quarter. Earnings are growing 13, 14% per year. So the PE is right around 50. Okay, so it's kind of expensive. So it's right at its top, and it looks like it's heading to heading. It's it's had. Do you know when the earnings come out, Tarek? Earnings come out, I believe, uh, fairly soon, like sometime in May. I think May second or third, around that time period. Okay. So that's going to be important to you as a swing trade. If they beat their earnings estimate, you'll yeah. get a nice pop. You know, uh, so that's what it, it's it 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 could easily pop for you, uh, but it is expensive. So don't think on a long term basis that this is it's going to you know it can continue to go up. But I think it's you know, we're we're heading into a worst part of the year, and I think it's just pricey at this point. So on a, momentum is up though; it's going up, and momentum is up on this stock. But it just does expensive. So earnings will tell you, Derek. Good luck with it. It's a good company. Okay. Perfect. All thank right. You. Thanks, thanks for the call. F, thank you. FTNT. Gene, Northern Cal, North Carolina. How you doing, Gene? Thanks for taking my call, Steve. You were just talking thank a little you. bit earlier about how big companies uh, eventually get so large that it's hard to grow and get bigger. I'm wondering, is, does it make sense for large companies to spin off the fastest part of their business as separately traded companies to, uh, to a separate company mm -hmm. that uh, can have a faster growth rate? And that often happens. Uh, that, that does often happen. But you got to remember, when they spin that off, you know, it, it, they don't, it does not as impactful anymore on the the the, uh, the I guess you would call it the mother company when they spin off right. pieces of them of the higher growth stuff that means they're not growing very much anymore and they're even slowing their growth by spinning them off they still retain big ownership but they're still hurting their bottom line by spinning them off and it's not uncommon to do that it's not uncommon to do that so is it good for the company it's Good for the company if they're trying to refocus on their core business and the spin-offs are not part of their core business. You have to look at one, each one of them individually and decide if that's a good idea or not. For instance, McDonald's, they spun off Chipotle. Did you know that Chipotle right. was part of McDonald's at one point? And that was probably a good move because McDonald's wanted to focus on hamburgers, their main, and, and breakfast, their main, not Mexican food. And I think that was a good move on their part to spin it off. You know that. So, and Pfizer, you know, even though it's still Pfizer spun off Zoetis, the animal yeah. care. Yeah, yeah. So because that's not their core, but you can see how that works. So yeah, don't think that they're not good ideas. It's just why and is it really good for the bottom line? You got to just analyze it. But that's a good question. Appreciate it, Gene. Thank you. Okay, thanks. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. And when, you, when they have a spinoff, you have to decide whether you want to own that spinoff. Because the spinoff means they give you shares of that company if you own the, 
the main company, the mother company, whatever you want to call it. And they spin it off. Their shares go down of the main company and this spin-off shares start to trade. Okay, now you have to decide, well, do I want to own that main company? Should I sell that stock or and hold on to the new spin-off shares? Or do I want to sell the spin-off shares and go back to the main company I bought in the first place? Or do I want to just hold on to both? You have to make those decisions when that happens. Now, let me take let me take a second to thank our loyal listeners who have struck with, stuck with me and uh, me and Justin and KPP Financial. You know, we've been working on our upgrade, right, of our audio network. It's been a problem. We're now trying to, using Cox Communications for signal transmissions and seems to be working. We, you know, our fingers are crossed. So let's hope we can keep this up. Okay, everybody, we want high quality sound. I thank all you people for sticking with me. And, you know, I did get all your emails about, you know, the sound is not so good. So I do appreciate it. Okay, so how many stocks should you own if you're trying to achieve uh, better than the market returns? How many optimal stocks should you own? By the way, this has been a study to figure this out, okay? It's not something I'm going to come up with out of my, you know, out of my head. No, this is a study. Should you own, you know, how many stocks? And the number, too quickly, is just 25. 25 stocks, right around 25. Remember, you know my philosophy. Don't, 3 to 5% of any one stock, right? 3 to 5%. Well, 5 is, you know, 25 stocks. 3 is 33 stocks. I like 3 myself. But you can go to 5. Why is 25 the optimal number? Well, because the more you have, the more you'll act like the market itself overall. Too few, and you're taking way too many risks, and you, you, you can severely outperform the market or severely underperform the market. Optimal, we're looking at the optimal. It's right around 25 stocks. So that's why when people call me or send me their portfolios and I say, well, you got 12% of this stock, that's too much. Cut it back down to five. Uh, you know, you don't have enough of this stock. You only have it's less than, you know, half a percent. You got If you want to buy and own this stock, you should have at least 3%. You know, and that's all it's all about. You're trying to manage that portfolio. Why do I even bring it up? Because the word diversification, I think, is being overused it doesn't mean having 100 stocks. It just means having 25 and 25 not all in one sector and different sectors. You know, 25, 30 stocks, different sectors, not more than 15, 18% in any one sector at any one time. You know, that's diversification. But having 200 st- stocks is way too many. But if you have 200 stocks all in tech, then it's improperly diversified even then. So yeah, that... This is the kinds of things you, you, you as an investor, you and who, who's trying to manage your own money, you have to kind of understand how this stuff plays into managing a good group of stocks. Remember, they got to be 25 good companies too that you can watch, not just any schmo companies, right? You don't want those schmo companies. This is the best talk. I'm Steve Peasley. You heard me say it many times. There are really only two emotions in the market that drive the market, and that's fear and greed. Fear and greed. So let me focus a minute on fear. Many investors experience fear when they are unsure of just how much of their portfolio valuation to put at risk. How much? How much of their money? 
Uh, there are, of course, many factors that investors should consider, including how close they want to be or how close they are to retirement. So my advice is to take our free risk questionnaire because that's all about fear and greed. The question is trying to figure out what your personal fear quotient is or your greed quotient, either way. So it's free. Go to investtalk.com, answer a few questions. You'll get a score that'll come to me, and then I'll respond to it to you in an email. Okay? Go to investtalk.com. We're live right now. Our number is 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. If, to any degree, you are unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for individualized guidance. You can start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. And be sure to save the date. On Wednesday, May 1st, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose, California, to sit down with listeners who understand the value of a no-cost portfolio review. So tell your friends and register to meet with Steve on May 1st. The Invest Talk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, really love the show. i got a question for you about JWN, which is Nordstrom's retail chain. I just was wondering about what you thought about their fundamentals. Something that interests me about them is they have a low beta, so they're not very volatile, and they also pay a dividend. So I just wanted to get kind of your opinion on the the long-term outlook of them. I'd look at the uh, buying and holding uh, this particular stock at this moment. So thanks again and again. I love your show. Okay, I'm not a big uh, big investor in big box stores at this time. Nordstrom's a great store, but the big box store industry is under a lot of pressure, a lot. Now, Nordstrom's assembled JWN, JWN operates 379 high-end department stores, Nordstrom's, Nordstrom Rack, Jeffrey Boutiques, they own those, and they're making decent money, making good money. $3.76, up 4% from last year, and $3.99 is the estimate for next year, another 6% growth. PE is pretty low at 12, um, you know, going to be 11 if it stays where it is. Uh, sales is where I worry about. Sales. And they do have a lot of debt, by the way, too. But sales fell 5% in their most recent quarter, the January quarter. 5%. Before that, they were growing in the single digits. Well, that's because competition, right? Competition. Uh, and I don't know if Nordstrom's has a solution, an Amazon solution. I don't know if they do. I haven't read anything about it. I'm not sure. But um, I, it, it would be a stock that I would probably stay away from, and I would suggest to stay away from all big box department stores at this stage because of the competition is hot and heavy, hot and heavy. And I, you know, I just don't think it's a good long-term play to be in that, that sector, okay? And even though JD, JWN, Norsom's is a good, solid company, but sales are tough, and sales drive earnings without growing sales. Earnings eventually, you can't cut prices forever or cut staff or you know trim this. You got to be growing your sales. 
888.99 chart, analysts warning on fresh new highs. On Tuesday, we made uh, some of the indexes made a fresh new high. Backed off a little bit of it today. So smart money, smart money, and who's smart money? There would be hedge funds and institutional players. Smart money looks like they're ready to short. Okay, now of the S&P 500 that reported so far this year, so far for this most recent quarter, Almost 80% have beaten their earnings. That's a pretty high mark. Usually it's not that high. But remember, I told you they downgraded their earnings pretty strongly, so that allows them to beat that high. But hedge funds and institutional uh, investors have not participated in this market rally since the beginning of the year. Have Many of them have not. They've been sitting on the sidelines. So what are they going to do? They, the, their bearish sentiment has been rising, rising, rising. As the market has gone up, they're becoming more and more bearish. So what is that going to do? To the, that's the smart money. Now, don't get me wrong. Smart money, sometimes they're not too smart. Okay? They're not. Sometimes they, they get it big wrong, big time, big time wrong. The worst I've ever seen was the dot-com era when they were all in. And it was like, you can people are crazy. And they kept telling everybody, oh, you got to keep buying. Bye, 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 bye. Totally wrong, right? Totally wrong. Uh, they could be right this time. Uh, they're thinking that, you know, the market is pretty pricey. based on, And there's a lot of problems out there that the uh, investors are just ignoring. But, you know, the, the, there's that old saying, the trend is your friend. It's trend is up. We're right at resistance levels right now of our new, you know, the old highs we made back, what, in September or November or somewhere over that was. Um, and so there's, but the smart money are bearish. So does that mean you should, you should start to be bearish because they're so bearish? You know, when you should be bearish, probably when they become bullish. <laughs> because maybe they'll be the last ones to drive up prices to get, when they get into the market. Market has to go up with cash coming into the market. Now, cash has to come from somewhere. Cash coming into the market drives the market. So, where's the cash coming from? Well, in April, a lot of it comes from your old, you know, IRA contributions before before tax time, and the 401k, and that money's starting to be invested, you know, in April. So. Where's the next hoard of cash going to come from? That's really the question. And I don't know. I wish I did know. I don't. I really don't. But, you know, you got to be, I think you just got to be realistic. You know, you have a core holdings, you hold on to those. That's fine. Uh, you have certain groups of stocks that maybe these are your short-termers or you're, you're, you're holding them just for, uh, you know, a short-term spurt in their price or whatever. You know, for whatever reasons you have. But the core holdings, you just might as well hold on to. And in this kind of market, you go to where you can find some value. Because you don't want to just keep chasing the market. You, at some point, chasing the market is going to kill you. Don't chase the market. Don't chase performance. You know, uh, look for deep discounted stocks. I and mean, we've talked about a couple of them here on this hour. And, you know, it's all in because of... You know, the Democrats, you know, all talking about nationalized health care. Is that going to really hurt the drug companies? This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. 
Get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, sparked by threats of a single-payer health system and proposals to tighten drug pricing, healthcare stocks are lagging the broader market by their largest margin since 2006. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Andy. Uh, I was calling about, uh, if you take a look at a stock, Chevron, ticker symbol CVX. I currently own it, and I really heavily weighted, my portfolio is heavily weighted in oil, and I'm looking to diversify. I was looking to see when a good time to sell is, and I've noticed the oil prices are trending upward. So is now a good time to sell it, or later down the road when the uh, oil price has gone further up north? Anyways, uh, thanks for your show, and I'd uh, love to hear your answer. Thanks. Well, I, I like Chevron a lot, but I, I lighten up on it. I think it's at its high. It gets up to about $124 a share and then sells off, and it's pretty consistent over the last year or two. So, you know, it doesn't get much above. Uh, the highest has been 135 and that was in 2014. And here it is at 118 Fell hard today, down 3%, $3.74. I would sell it here. I mean, I'd cut back here. I don't know if I get out. It pays a 4% dividend. Uh, but, you know, if you're too heavily in oil, I would cut back my oil shares, uh, especially Chevron. CVX is uh, pretty close to its high. You know, 126 has been the high in the recent uh, last year. That was its high. And it was there just about a week and a half, two weeks ago, 126. And then sold off. Now it's 118. So, again, I like the stock. I think it's got good fundamentals. I think, you know, oil's not going anywhere. I think the the dividend is really solid. But if you're overweighted, now's the time to take some off the table. It's as simple as that. Okay, CVX, everybody. 888-99-CHART. Now, China growth for the first quarter reached 6.4%. And they did that. They did that with stimulus. Now, there are analysts who think that this number is not sustainable, that this might be a one-time thing, because China's government has a problem. Uh, they may not sustain that stimulus package that they've been in. The stimulus package has been good, but not huge. And the reason why they may not sustain it is because they got a problem. They want not only good GDP growth and meet their targets there, but they also want financial stability targets. And they're kind of mutually exclusive right now. You can't have one with the other or vice versa. So the issue is they may not be able to maintain it. And that's what a lot of the analysts are thinking. Now, remember, analysts are often wrong, but that's what they're thinking. I also didn't get to last week, which I wanted to get to, the the uh, of the 125 most populous metro areas in the United States, which ones are the best? The best, meaning having, you know, not just best doesn't mean just fastest grower. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about a lot of services and infrastructure and quality of life kind of factors. And the second year in a row, Austin, Texas won. 
Then it's Denver, Austin, Denver, Colorado Springs. So two and three are in uh, in um, Colorado. Denver, Denver, Colorado, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Then the four is Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, Des Moines, Des Moines, Minneapolis, St. Paul, San Francisco. Kind of surprised me, San Francisco, because, you know, some of the crowdiness and expense. That is so expensive to live there. Portland, Seattle, and then Raleigh, Durham. Those are the top 10 of the 125 most populous metro areas. It's not the best place to live necessarily, but of these 125 based on their criteria. And you always want to know what the criteria are, right? Because, you know, maybe that's something that is important to you. Maybe, you know, the, 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 the number of facilities of medical facilities nearby might be much more important to you than say, you know, parks, you know, so who knows? Everybody has their own criteria. Now I have not been Portland. I have relatives in Portland and in Seattle. So I, I've been up there, and those, I, I kind of like Portland, Seattle. It's very pretty, but it's not my favorite place. Um, Denver seems, you know, the only thing good thing about Denver to me is the mountains that are right there, because it's at the foot of the mountains, and I think that Colorado Springs is probably the same thing. Uh, but if you tr- if you want to go by weather, maybe none of these would be on this list. <laughs> I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, everybody. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. And good news, we think our audio problem has been solved. And I really thank you for your patience on that. Please come back tomorrow, and have a good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.